6640. Your future lies in 6640. 66 books by 40 authors, and yet we now discover it's an integrated message system from outside our time domain. Welcome to 6640, the ministry outreach of Koinonia House and Koinonia Institute. Today's Bible teacher is Chuck Missler, connecting the Bible to your life and the world around you. In today's study, Chuck continues his teaching on the book of Proverbs, chapters 20 through 24. Say not thou, I will recompense evil, but wait on the Lord and he shall save thee. Vengeance is mine, God says, right? Taking vengeance in one's own hands is wrong. I'm told of a professor, when the class came in the classroom, on the front wall was a huge target posted. And he asked each of his class to make a sketch of someone that they really had it in for. Make a sketch of them and pin it up there on the target. And he had a whole bunch of darts. And he encouraged them then to throw darts. They, they put the name up there and to their heart's delight, th throw the darts. So they got into that. You know, they put their sketches of whoever. I don't know if Hillary Clinton was there, but whatever. And they put them up there and threw their darts. And when this thing was finally shredded and falling apart, he went up there, took down the remnants of what was there and took down the target. And behind it was a picture of Jesus Christ. And he said, He that has done it to the least of my brethren has done it unto me. And most of the class was in tears before they left. Say not thou will recompense evil, but wait on the Lord and he shall save thee. And then again, divers' weights are an abomination of the Lord, and a false balance is not good. This is, is obviously, there's a lot of repetition laced through these, obviously. Man's goings are of the Lord. How can a man then understand his own way? And uh, pretty straightforward. It is a snare to the man who devoureth that which is holy, and after vows to make inquiry. In other words, First of all, you don't want to make vows rashly. Nowhere in the scripture that I'm aware of does it require you to make a vow. But if you make one, God expects you to keep it. And there are many stories in the scripture where vows are made rashly and end up in dire consequences. And the lesson that comes through those is you don't make vows unless you're really certain and prepared to See them through. A wise king scattereth the wicked and bringeth the wheel over them. And uh, this, uh, the, the, the language here actually is farmer's language. Speaking of winnowing and thrashing. The grain is often thrashed uh, 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 before it is winnowed. In thrashing, typically what they meant by that was they drive a sledge over it to break the seeds from the, from the kernels and so forth, and, and uh, uh, the stalks of grain, and uh, to separate the grain from the stalks. And then what they would do is then they would t 
toss that in the wind and let the wind carry away the lighter chaff and the other would fall. That would be called winnowing. We sometimes use the word thrashing for the whole process, but this actually splits the two parts. See, uh, the winnowing is when you throw it up and let the wind carry it and you end up with two piles downwind. Near, in, in close, you have the, the good stuff that you bag and ready for market and further down, you have the chaff which you burn to keep the vermin away. And that's sort of the thing. Uh, that's, that, that it's using those idioms here in terms of leadership. The wise king scattereth the wicked and bringeth the wheel over them. It's a really a, a, a thrashing kind of model here. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. See, only God can see inside, so to speak. Mercy and truth preserve the king, and his throne is upholden by mercy. Mercy and truth preserve the king. Devoutly to be wished. The glory of young men is their strength, and the beauty of old men is their gray head. I'll try not to, I'll try not to kid you, my friend. <laughs> that opens the door to all kinds of jests. I'll move on. The blueness of a wound cleanses the way evil, and so do stripes the inward parts of the belly. Well, let's get to chapter 21. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord as the rivers of water. He turneth it whithersoever he will. It's interesting to notice how often in the scripture God directs the hearts of kings. He did that to Pharaoh in Exodus 10. And Tiglath-Pileser in Isaiah 10. Cyrus himself in Isaiah 14. Isaiah 45. Artaxerxes is recorded both Ezra 7 and Nehemiah 2. And uh, and God is clearly sovereign. We see it in the verse we just read, and we'll see it at the end of this chapter, emphasized again. Okay. The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenty. Did, did I miss a bunch here? I think that every man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. Every man, a way of a man is right in his own eyes. Boy, that's characterized our culture. Value relativism. You have your truth, I have mine. The way of man is right in his own eyes. <laughs> But the Lord pondereth the hearts. To do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. That's a heavy one, especially for an Old Testament reader. To do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. See, there are conditions for a sacrifice to be accepted in the first place. And that is that your heart is right. A high look at a proud heart and the plowing of the wicked is sin. The high look and the proud heart, we've talked a lot about that already. The plowing of the wicked. It's interesting also to do a tally how often God underscores that he's on the side of the poor. And how we do him a favor when we take care of the poor, we do him an insult when we don't. The thoughts of the diligent tend only to plenteousness, but everyone that is hasty only to want. The thoughts of the diligent. Again, a call to diligence will lead to having what you need. People that are in a hurry, that are hasty, are destined to lose. The getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a vanity tossed to and fro of them that seek death. Anyone here seeking death? Okay. The robbery of the wicked shall destroy them because they refuse to do judgment. The way of a man is froward or perverse and strange, but as for the pure, his work is right. Pretty straightforward stuff as we go here. It is better to dwell in a corner of a housetop than with a brawling woman in a wide house. 
If you're laughing, you're giving yourselves away. <laughs> I have to confess, I know nothing about that verse. I know nothing about that verse. I'm blessed. One of the few decisions in my life that was really the right one is the gal I married, and what a blessing she is. So I know this only by inference. The soul of the wicked desireth evil, his neighbor findeth no favor in his eyes. When the scorner is punished, the simple is made wise, and when the wise is instructed, he receiveth knowledge. The righteous man wisely considereth the house of the wicked, but God overthroweth the wicked for their wickedness. Praise God. Straightforward stuff. Doesn't require a lot of comment. Whoso stoppeth his ears at the cry of the poor, he also shall cry himself, but shall not be heard. A lot of irony in there. A lot of irony in there. A gift in secret pacifieth anger, and a reward in the bosom strong wrath. Pacifying anger. What comes to mind? Remember Jacob's gift to Esau? How he was really sweating meeting this brother that he defrauded in more than one way. And he sends gifts ahead and so forth. You know the story there in Genesis 32. The whole chapter is on that. It's a joy to the just to do judgment. But destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. You know, it's interesting. Um, well, let's go get the, these two and then summarize them. The man that wandereth out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. Oh, heavy stuff. You know, we need to realize you can't really rehabilitate criminals. A guy's not a horse thief because he steals a horse. He steals a horse because he's a horse thief. And uh, you can't rehabilitate cr criminals. They have to be regenerated. The only thing that will turn them around is God himself. We're looking for regeneration, not rehabilitation. He that loveth pleasure shall be a poor man. He that loveth wine and oil shall not be rich. The word for poverty is masor. It's just another word for being poor. It means deficient, destitute, or in need. And it's used more in Proverbs than any other Old Testament book. And I won't give you all a list of them. But, um, and incidentally, uh, it does, this doesn't, that first verse, uh, verse 17, doesn't argue for uh, a dismal or stoical life. It's just against living only for pleasure and self. There's a big, there's a big distinctive there. The wicked shall be ransomed for the righteous and the transgressor for the upright. The word ransom really means to become a ransom for, to set free. The wicked will be the one that will be set free the righteous and the transgressor for the upright, in effect, by virtue of their judgment that will come on them. It is better to dwell in wilderness than with a contentious and an angry woman. Now, you know the difference between a woman with PMS and a terrorist. You can negotiate with a terrorist. <laughs> I had to throw that in. Actually, I, I don't know anything about this either, as I indicated before. I really don't. I really don't. Um, you're looking at one of the luckiest guys alive. There is a treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spendeth it up. Straightforward uh, stewardship here. A wise man scaleth the city of the mighty and casteth down the strength of the confidence thereof. Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. 
Boy, it'd be interesting to make a list of the number of times in Proverbs it says to just shut up and wait it out. The guy that's hasty to speak is the guy that loses. Who shall keep of his mouth and his tongue, keep of his soul from troubles. Proud and haughty scorner is his name, who dealeth in proud wrath. Boy. The desire of the slothful killeth him, for his hands refuse to labor. There again, diligence. He coveteth greedily all the day long, but the righteous giveth and spareth not. To echo the previous verse. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination. How much more when he bringeth it with a wicked mind? Sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination. It's interesting, you don't get right by making sacrifice. You make sacrifice to celebrate when you've made right, when you've been made right. How much more when he bringeth it with a wicked mind? Boy. A false witness shall perish, but the man that heareth speaketh constantly. <laughs> a false witness shall perish, but the man that heareth speaketh constantly. The, a, man, a wicked man hardeneth his face, but as for the upright, he directeth his way. There is no wisdom or understanding nor counsel against the Lord. Now that is, that says it all, doesn't it? The horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. And uh, uh, the previous verse, verse 30 2 um, Corinthians 13, 8 says, we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. You want to understand? Uh, the other line that um, uh, someone sent me a, a, a t-shirt that had this phrase on it attributed to me. The word of God is like a lion, turn it loose and it'll defend itself. And I got this thing, I, said, I looked at it, I, said, I didn't say that. It sounds like me though, doesn't it? Well, it wasn't long after that I heard one of my old tapes where I had used that, I guess. I'd got it. I don't know where it came from, Moody or Spurgeon. Obviously, it goes back. But I like that. The Word of God is like a lion. At the time that Narnia is being released as a movie, I suppose that's a good line to use here, right? Turn it loose and it'll defend itself. Though a host... this is now, look, Psalm 27.3 says, Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. And also in Second Chronicles 14.11, Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether it be with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee, and in thy name we go up against this multitude. O Lord, thou art our God, let not man prevail against me. Zerah the Ethiopian came up against Asa with over a million men, according to the scripture, and 300 chariots. And yet, Asa cried unto the Lord in 2 Chronicles 14, verse 11, and the Ethiopians, were sm they were smitten by God and fled. It doesn't have to do with numbers. It depends on who's on your side. Well, it's at chapter 22. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and the loving favor rather than silver and gold. That sounds straightforward, doesn't it? Except I want you to notice the word good is in italics. What does that mean? It was, it's not there. It was added by the translators to convey a thought. A name is rather to be chosen than great riches. A name is to be chosen. And, uh, you know, it's interesting how in our society we've moved in such a way as to destroy the significance of reputation. A name is rather to be chosen than great riches. And loving favor rather than silver and gold. And so, 
And the ultimate example of that is Exodus 20, verse 7, the third commandment. He that taketh the name of the Lord thy God in vain. I mean, thou shalt, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And it's not to do with vocabulary. It has to do with ambassadorship. And if you're going to take the name of God, which you do when you call yourself a Christian, then boy, you better represent him faithfully. You better be faithful. You also better be equipped. That implies credentials, some knowledge, some, some standing. Moving on, the rich and poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. Indeed. God is the creator of all life, but he's not the father of all life. Remember what Jesus said in John 8, verse 44, speaking of the Pharisees, ye are of your father the devil. So we may believe that God is the creator of all life. Indeed, he is. But don't cross the bridge and build a case on the so-called brotherhood of man. Because the brotherhood of man typically is a denial of good and evil, of saved and unsaved, etc. Be careful with that one. But rich and poor meet together, and the Lord is the maker of them all. A prudent man foreseeth, oh, this is a great one. A, the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. But the simple pass on and are punished. Boy, that's important. A few years ago, we had an apprehension about Y2K. And ultimately, the government and the Red Cross and, and et cetera all did acknowledge it was appropriate for people to make some preparation, not to go to extremes, but do some preparation. And we were among those. Fortunately, we were in the middle of the road. We were heralded on national television not being on either extreme. And fortunately, through a lot of prayer and a lot of good people working very, very hard, they were able to render that so there wasn't life-threatening. There were over a thousand incidents, but nothing life-threatening. It could have been a major disaster. But it was interesting, in that time, this was a very important verse. The prudent see the danger and, and, and take some action. The simple pass on and are punished. And uh, I, I love the way John Leffler summarized Y2K. He said, if the captain of the Titanic had made it to New York, would that have proved he had enough lifeboats? Interesting, interesting analysis. And uh, we're, going, we're facing the same thing again. As we recognize that we have very committed, very hostile, very intelligent, very resourceful enemies that are out to destroy America. Whether it's with electromagnetic pulse bombs, or whether it's nuclear bombs or biological, we know that there's highly organized, very virulent, very well-trained people that are out to destroy our country. The prudence foreseeth the evil and hide themselves. I mean, take, make preparations. Consider the, the fact that we are probably facing some very turbulent months and years ahead. The simple pass on and are punished. Proverbs 22, verse 3 might be a very key verse for us to take note of in our personal lives. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. That says it all. Thorns and snares are the way of the perverse or forward. He that doth keep his soul shall be far from them. And here's probably one of the most quoted ver uh, 
Proverbs in the book. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That also says it all. You know, I, as you travel, you often see families in which the kids are just run, run rampant, totally unruly. And you can tell the parents have no grasp of what they're facing in coming years. The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Boy, we need to understand that. Several hundred billion of our debt is held in Asia and increasing. The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. The United States in the old days used to be a creditor nation. In the last several decades, it's become not only a debtor nation, the world's largest debtor. And we increase our debt, and I'm not talking about federal spending now, I'm talking about the total economy, is plunging increasingly into debt to the tune of half a trillion dollars per year, getting worse. Getting worse. Back in 1990, it was about uh, 60 billion negative. Now, last year it was 548 billion negative, and uh, it's, it, it's just escalating. We're buying more than we can produce, and we're paying for them by borrowing. And that means the day of reckoning will come. The borrower's servant to the lender. He that soweth iniquity shall reap vanity, and the rod of his anger shall fail, says it all. He that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he giveth of his bread to the poor. The generous soul is honored by the Lord. The Lord will not be your debtor. When you do something for the poor, you not only do something for the poor, you please the Lord. And He will not allow you to be His debtor. He will bless you. Cast out the scorner, and contention shall go out. Yea, strife and reproach shall cease. Boy, you can just do that in any group. You've got one person there that's a troublemaker, get rid of him and watch it settle down. Pretty simple. He that loveth pureness of heart for the grace of his lips, the king shall be his friend, as a pure of heart. The eyes of the Lord preserve knowledge, and he that overthroweth the words of the and he overthroweth the words of the transgressor. The slothful man says, "There's a lion without; I shall be slain in the streets." This has always intrigued me because I don't know if there's any lions in the in the in in, in the Middle East there. They're in India and Africa. I don't know if there are any in, in, in what we call Palestine or Israel. But the slothful man, he's looking for excuses. There's a lion without. I shall be slain in the streets. That's, that's just, it's almost, I think, intended to be a humorous example of a guy that's reaching for excuses. I think all of us can conjure up examples, maybe some of them fairly recently, of the thin excuses of someone not performing on time or not doing what he said he's going to do. There's other the, the, the very elaborate excuses. I haven't heard a lion without, but that may come up too. Uh, the mouth of a strange woman is a deep pit. He that is, is abhorred of the Lord shall fall therein. Oh, boy. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. And we do need to understand the difference between punishment and discipline. You never punish your child. You should discipline them. It's a big difference. You need to understand that difference. It's interesting to see in our culture how systematically the subversives, 
They like to call themselves liberals. I don't like that term. Liberals are tolerant. These people are not intolerant unless you agree with them. Uh, these people are... Uh, uh, but it's interesting how they're attacking the basic biology of the marriage relationship with homosexuality, how they're trying to destroy the family by many different ways, how they make it illegal to spank your child. <laughs> uh, you name it. They're out to destroy the very molecule that holds our society together. Moving on. He that oppresseth the poor... The other thing... I have to, one other line that I have to get out when I talk about the subversive, and I don't call them liberals. I think they're out to destroy our heritage, to separate us from our heritage. I call that subversive. Um, but it's interesting to realize that the military cemeteries are filled with patriots who died fighting everything they stand for. And yet they are the corridors of power today. He that oppresseth the poor to increase his riches, and he that giveth to the rich shall surely come to want. Interesting couple of guys here. The one that oppresses the poor to increase his riches clearly is indicted all through the book of Proverbs. But there's another guy here that may escape, miss our attention. He that giveth to the rich. <laughs> Interesting. That, that, that God suggests that this is um, a path to to want. Don't give it to the guy who doesn't need it, huh? Because that sounds like a bribe or flattery or call it what you will. We're now going to enter a section called the sayings of the wise men. It's in, the first part is in, it simply introduced as the sayings of the wise. Some scholars suspect that maybe these weren't Solomon's. Others think they were Solomon's, but just collected a little differently. The second part is introduced by the statement, these, are, uh, these also are the sayings of the wise. So the, these couple of sections here from uh, verse 17 of chapter 22 down to verse 34 of 24 are regarded by uh, scholars as a separate section. They include about 20 instances in which two verses complete the thought rather than the one verse as we've experienced up till now. Almost every verse we've said is, stands on itself. From here on, there's gonna, you're going to discover it's typically two verses together that are in antithesis or what have you. You've been listening to 6640, the ministry outreach of Koinonia House and Koinonia Institute. Today's Bible teacher was Chuck Missler, teaching through the book of Proverbs. Download the K-House TV app to access an ever-growing collection of free resources. Visit the iTunes or Android app store, or search K-House TV on your Roku streaming device. Thank you for listening to 6640 and for your continued prayerful support of this ministry. Until next time, as we continue this series, may God bless you with the knowledge of His Son, Jesus Christ, as you study His Word.